open up your Bibles with me to Zechariah chapter 4, second to last book in the Bible. How many are blessed to be in church today? Amen and amen. Zechariah chapter 4. I want to preach to you just these few moments that we have left that it's all going to be by the Spirit of the Lord. Can somebody say, by your Spirit? By your Spirit, O God, I've made it this far. By your Spirit, O God, I want to keep on going and seeing what I've never seen before. How many can already look back at the past and say it was by God's spirit that I made it through what I went through? Come on, somebody. I was a high school dropout, incarcerated eight times, tore up from the floor up, needed to check up from the neck up, busted and disgusted, barely getting along, living on Grumble Alley. But Jesus Christ came and saved me November 5th, 1995. This November 5th that just passed made a, a long time serving Jesus. I can't do the math off top, but I've been serving him for a while, and he has never let me down. In Jesus' name, my birthday's this Wednesday. I turned 45 years old. I didn't think I would make it past 18. By your spirit, oh God. Do you ever look at the situations that you're facing in life and feel intimidated by them? I know that when I first started Christianity, I was intimidated to live holy. I didn't want to tell anybody that I was really a Christian because I knew that they would expect me to do Christian things. But I didn't feel like I could do Christian things. I was still smoking. I was still cussing. I was still flirting around with girls that I shouldn't be around. But I began to hear the Holy Spirit on the inside of me say, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I began to hear the Lord begin to speak to me. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. I began to hear Jesus tell me that he would lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know about you, but I have testimonies after testimonies after testimonies of God's goodness in my life. I remember first starting Bible college, going there as a high school dropout that got my GED after drinking and partying the night before, having a gun pulled on me. One of the times that I almost died was the night before my GED. Somehow I ended up passing it and able to join a junior college, but I was so high coming to those places, I failed out on everything. And so now as a Christian saved and sanctified, going to Bible college, getting textbooks, getting assignments seemed so intimidating to me. But I heard the Lord say to me, it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power, Joe, but it's going to be by the Holy Spirit. Has anybody here faced a situation where you had to look at it and say, if it's not God showing up doing something here, I'm not making it. I've gone through too many situations to know that God is faithful. I don't, I don't say, I don't want to, you know, act like I've never doubted. I've been in many, many situations where I've doubted. As a matter of fact, there was one time we were planting this church there on Irving and uh, Pulaski. Everything was going wrong. The economy was crashing. I ended up going personally bankrupt because I signed on this deal worth a half a million for our little old church that was here. They were hunting me down, and I was telling them, I'll give you my station wagon that was donated to me from my parents. I'll give you the speakers from the church. I'll preach without them. Anybody listening to me today? And I remember calling up my parents in Indiana as God as my witness. And I said, would you let me come stay at your house? I'll drive three hours on the weekends to come preach at Metro Praise. But God said by his spirit, there was a better way. 
Are you listening today? Has anybody ever faced a situation with tears coming down your eyes? You're calling out to everybody you know to help to help you, but they can't help you enough, and you have to go to the Lord in prayer, and you sense him say to you, it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your strength. It's going to be by my spirit. Jesus has kept his word throughout the ages to these prophets in the Old Testament that we'll read about in just a moment. And I can stand here today after all of these years and say he was faithful. Some people look at me now and they say, oh, education must come easy to you because you got that doctorate. They don't even know that in the time of me getting my doctorate, I quit once, I quit twice, and three times I was on my way out, but my wife stopped me. I called up my mentor and I said, I just can't do it. This is about three years ago. And he said, brother, God has brought you there like Esther for such a time as this. Stick with these knuckleheads, these eggheads, these nerds, and use it for God's glory. He'll turn it around and by God's grace I graduated a doctorate degree with all A's everybody here has a story where God's glory has come out look at what he promised this mighty ruler who was going to rebuild the temple and the walls of Jerusalem look at verse 6 he said to Zerubbabel this is the word of the Lord to you Zerubbabel not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord you and I have got to determine in our heart today that it's God. You know, God said it. God will do it. I believe it. Amen. If God said it, I believe it. When I started looking around at the young ladies of the Bible college that I was with, and back then it was a bridal college, and still today I, I feel that's the way Bible colleges are. I looked around. <laughs> I hope one's not watching this. I looked around at them, and I said, Jesus, if you want me to marry them, I will, but I won't be too happy. You know, as the old, as the old preacher story went, he said, you know, he said the man married his wife because she could sing. Then they got into the bed room and after their first night together he said oh sister just sing a song again make me feel better remind me why I married you I know it sounds bad but we as preachers can get desperate you know you get it brother after the wedding night he said okay sister just sing but I, I knew that I, I was looking around and I said okay this one's not going to make me happy this one's not going to make me happy but I tried as I might I tried as I might every time there were guests that would come in from places like Teen Challenge or Teen Mania or or the assemblies of God, they would come into our services, and we only had about 30 or 40 Bible college students, but anytime they would come in to visit, I would keep my eye on the sisters, but none of them were for me. Are you guys listening to me? And then I got Brother Tony. He knows about North Central. He's a North Central grad. That's the place where there's a lot of beautiful women up there, so I would go up there, but none of them liked me. I'm being <laughs> serious with you. I would see these beautiful women in Bible college, because I'm, I'm not saying ours were grimy about down there in New Orleans, but they didn't look like they did up there in Minneapolis. So I know I've lost a lot of respect for y'all, but just try. This is just this is just a young man's heart. I don't talk like this anymore. Y'all listening? This is just a young man's heart. Twenty years old, twenty-two years old in these times. But I would go up to Minneapolis, and I can name some of these young ladies. He knows them, and oh, I would be a little puppy around them. I would start talking to them, and I'll never forget because I hadn't had this happen since I was a sinner. But it was like a guy from the bar had to pull me aside, and he had to say, "Joe, would you please leave these young ladies alone? They've told you." 
you know. Literally, this guy had to pull me aside. One of the interns, one of the young men, I was a pastor to him because I always started pastoring at 22. One of these brothers had to pull me aside and say, she don't like you, man. Stop talking to her. She's asked me to tell you that. But I could hear a still small voice in my spirit. Joe, it's not by mind. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit. I'm going to bring you somebody. Are you listening? And then I thought I found her. She came as an intern from North Central Bible College. She started working in our ministry. And I was in my time of prayer. And I felt the Lord say, that's your wife. And I went to her and she actually thought the same thing, that I could be her husband. So it turned out right, fellas. I know it sounds creepy sometimes, ladies. But you got to let these men hear from God and work it out. So I said to this young lady, God told me, you're my wife. And she said, okay, I kind of feel the same way. We came under accountability of my leadership. The pastor that I've had all of these years in my life, Brother Anthony Freeman in New Orleans, came under that leadership, did everything right, you know, doing the counseling, all of those things. And I'm going to ask her to marry her. I'm going to go to Minneapolis. She had to go back after the internship, back to Minneapolis. I'm going to ask her to marry her. I'm going to surprise her. And here I'm coming to surprise her. And all they told her was, go to the airport somebody special is coming and so I go to the airport I'm getting I'm, I'm at the airport coming off the plane and then I see her but her face is not smiling she's sad and all of a sudden I can see that something about this surprise is not going to work in my favor we get into the car she pulls over in one of the parking lots and she says I got to tell you something I've been cheating on you The one person that I thought I had after all these years, even after God had spoken to me, had cheated on me, I went back to God and I said, God, what now? God said, you're released. I got another one coming. (laughs) Y'all might think I'm crazy, but you better know your pastor. He said, that's not yours anymore. She disqualified herself. So if you ever want to talk to me about the one, you know, sometimes people want to bring it out in this way where it's predestined and you can't miss it. No, I believe people can miss it. And she got the zero and I got the hero because lo and behold, there came Nancy later on. Amen. I still pray for her and her husband. And I look at that dude and I'm like, you're half the man that I am. But by God's grace, you can become what I am in Jesus' name. But I'm telling you right now, I got twice the woman of God that she was okay but the Lord had to tell me it's not by might nor by power but by his spirit you're going to run into situations in life where you're going to be intimidated you're going to be discouraged you're going to think that nothing is working out in your favor I can't tell you what it felt like there in my early 20s to now be single again after I had thought I had found my wife and yeah, it's spiritual for six months while the Lord heals your heart and all those things. But then a year goes by, I'm still single. Jesus, it wasn't even my fault. Another year goes by, Jesus, I'm still single. But God had a better way for me. It's the same thing here with the church. When you look at your own life, what is God saying to you to hold on for? Hold on for your promise. Don't give in to the temporary pleasures of this world that will cost you your promise. The Spirit of the Lord is going to do something in your life and in my life, and it will happen in His time. Look at verse 7. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then He will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. You see, some of you need to substitute mighty mountain in verse 7 for whatever you're facing today. What are you, oh, paycheck to paycheck? God's going to bring you 
down as I come up, and I'm going to be shouting, God bless it, God bless it. Oh, what are you, debt before the Lord? God is going to clear that debt to the shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Oh, what are you, loneliness to the promise of God? God is going to bring it to the ground in a family and to bless you, to rebuild you as you shout, God bless it, God bless it. To all of our problems in life, they will be leveled to the ground. They literally will become the foundation of the plan that God has for us. Every problem that you've ever faced has become another brick in the plan that God is building in your life. You know I'm not a superficial preacher. You know I've showed showed up here when bomb threats were being made. So I'm not talking to you today as a superficial preacher. I'm talking to you as someone who has seen God's faithfulness from this side of the land of the living. Because before we get to heaven, I want to see what God planned to come from heaven to come on earth. How many want to see heaven come to earth? How many want to see what Jesus promised to come? Now look at this right here, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Do you know that throughout the history of this church, there have been multiple times that I felt like I failed and there was no way that we could come out of what we came out of. When we first started in the home Bible study, nobody came except a few old backsliders that heard that the old youth pastor from the church they went to was now starting a new church. But listen, those backsliders knew nothing about Jesus and building a church. So what do you think they started to do when they were with me? They started to backslide, most of them. And I started to look around going, man, there's only a handful of you guys here. I love you, man, but I've got to do something great for God. But God told me to look at Jessica and Salvador, wherever they're at right here, David and Monica, not to give up on them. And those ones stuck through, and today they're serving the Lord over 10 years later. They're married, and they have children. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that the Lord kept me around just to see those testimonies. But during those early years, we began to wonder, where are we going to meet? Where are we going to have church at from that home Bible study? So I began to pray and ask the Lord to open a door. Well, how do you get something for nothing? You got to ask, don't you? You got to ask people to believe in you. So one day I was jogging around our neighborhood there on Pulaski and... um, Addison, and then, you know, seeing the big Catholic church, they always seem to have more than enough, even though half of them or more than half are backslidden, trying not to be bitter towards them. Amen. And I'm just jogging around, and here I see a Methodist church. They got the gay flag on it and everything, but the Lord says, go in there and talk to them. I'm just jogging. I don't have on appropriate attire to ask a pastor or a church for anything, but the Lord says, just walk in there and ask. See, that's what you do when you don't have anything. When you don't have anything, ask somebody to mentor you. Ask somebody to help you. Ask somebody to lend resources to you. Learn how to put in the grind. Are you listening to me? It's going to take your grind and your time to come up even if you have nothing because that's what it felt like that day in my life. And so I go and talk to this person. She's a lesbian, man. She's a lesbian. And yet I start to tell her about the church that God has told me to start. She then says, how much will you give us? I said, how about I give you half of whatever comes in till we can get to 500? She said, sounds like a deal to me. She said, I got the board meeting tonight. I'll talk to them. Come see me the next day. But you know what? I'll give you the keys if everything's good tonight. So she went and talked to them. She said, I'll give you the keys tonight. I came and got 
got the keys, got it confirmed, opened up that door the next day. So within 24 hours, I went from having no building to having keys to opening up the door, walking into that building. Are you listening? If I mess that story up, she basically gave me the keys that night and I had it the next day. Y'all ain't excited about that. I don't know, but I, I might, I don't know. I gotta go back and re-listen to myself. Did I mess it up or are they just getting tired? Oh, okay, I had it right. And then now you think, okay, well, we're coming up and, and other people will tell you about how hard it is to start a church. But there, I knew the Lord was doing it. We had somebody come for AA, but ended up coming to the church getting saved. I ended up discipling that young man. But then they heard us preaching. They heard us preaching about homosexuality and all of these things. But they didn't say nothing to us. So then one time I heard about a church, this church called Verbo, and their pastors and their friends, I think it was uh, the, the friend of the pastor or somebody, owned local Cena Boricua on Fullerton and Western area. So I'm there eating some food with them. And this brother from Verbo says to me, hey, man, I heard you got a good deal at this Methodist church. Can you go and talk to them to see if we can have a time there? Maybe you do 4 o'clock. We do 6 o'clock. You know, we'll all share it over there. I said, yeah, brother, if I came up, you're coming up with me. So we go to the Methodist place. They have a new pastor there now. This pastor has been hearing about me preaching. And you know what happens in the meeting? Not only do I not get the building for them, they tell me you got to get out. <laughs> they say, we've been wanting to talk to you. You've got to roll out. So I go back to Verbo. I feel like I'm the shrewd manager at this time. I say, Verbo, the Spanish church. I go, how much y'all got? They say, well, we got about 1,000. I say, I got 500 on it. <laughs> I said, I got 500 on You can take the dude out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the boy, okay? I'm too hood, I'm too hood for some of y'all. I said, I got 500 on it. They said, but we don't know how to do all of this. We come from Guatemala. I said, look, man, I will take care of this. So I started making all the calls. We did all the things that we could do. And we came up in this building right here. Are you all listening? The gringos and the Latinos. I felt like they were the elves and I was the, the hobbit, you know. They were the beautiful ones. They would come to church all dressed and nice and smelling good. My people were homeless, backslidden, and just a few new believers in their teens and 20s. But then we outgrew it, and we kept going until we had to take over all the space, and then they got upset because we outgrew them. But I said, y'all can stay, but they wanted to leave. But listen to me. You're going to have an opportunity in your year this year to make steps with God. You have to make a decision right now. Do I want to stay where I am, or do I want to go with the Lord? Because look at verse 10. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the capstone or the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. You and I have a choice to make right now. Are we going to despise the day of small beginnings? Or are we going to let God build a foundation with the chosen capstone where we are right now? That's what I want to ask you to do, whether or not you're believing for your children today to have a good school to go to, and you're going as hard as you can so you can afford to send them to that private school, or whether or not today you're looking at your goals to own multi-units. There are so many landlords in this place. God bless you as you increase. Or whether or not you're looking at your job just to continue to increase so that you can have the best opportunity for their success. Would you look at your situation right now and not despise him?
I remember sitting down looking at those few people that we had in the church that we were discipling, saying, man, I got to get some materials for them. I just can't show up with the Bible every time I talk to them. I'll forget where we're even talking about. What did we talk about last week? And I said, oh, I remember there was this awesome church I used to work with in Louisiana. They were in Baton Rouge. They were in Baton Rouge. I'm going to go call them up and ask them for help because you got to ask people for help. Can I hear an amen? If you don't have it, ask somebody for help. You're going to find somebody, hopefully that believes in you and they'll let you come up. And so I said to him, I told him my story. I said, y'all remember me? His name was, well, I won't say his name. I said, but y'all remember me? Oh, yeah, I remember you, that wild, crazy guy for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, we're starting a church here in Chicago. Man, you know what would be really cool? is if I could buy some of these books and then copy them out and then be able to give them to our folks for Bible studies. And then as they start to come up and the church comes up, we can buy more of these books and then, you know, they can have their own copy, obviously. But I'm just saying for right now, I just wanted to make sure that I had your permission to copy them. This is what a pastor said back to me. A pastor on staff of a church. You think these zeros are impressive? Five with some zeros after? They had more zeros. Plural zeros. $20, $30 million budget probably. Are you listening to me? Are y'all, I said, are you all listening to me? And I asked them, could I make photocopies of a Bible study book to give out to new souls being saved from Belmont and Clark, my chosen place to preach? And they said, <clears throat> well, oh, well, you know, we love what you're doing. But there's this copyright thing that we have. And, oh, and, and you know, if we do it for you and, and, you know, then we do it for the other, which is actually what the Bible says to do. But, but if we do it for you and then we have to do it for the other, oh, I just don't think it would, it would work out for the kingdom. Put some God stuff in there with a bunch of their, I uh, don't want to say the one, uh, let's just say cow manure. Y'all know the abbreviated word that I wanted to use. Ends with an S, starts with the B. They wanted to put a bunch of their kingdom fairy dust on that cow manure. They just spoke to me. It's just, it, oh, it just probably wouldn't work well for the kingdom. You know, we have so much tied up in these, these books. And the Lord said, not by might. Come on, somebody say, not by might. Somebody say, not by power but by the Spirit of the Lord. The very thing I hated doing in school. You want to know what I loved in school? I loved the lectures. I loved listening. I loved debating and talking with the professors in a respectable way. You want to know what I hated the most? <laughs> Anybody else like me? Anybody else? The moment I say you got to type it up, you just go into a whole fit. Ah! This is what I hated. By God's grace, I have now typed out over a million words that are now in those books back there. Because God said, it's not by might, it's not by power. Joe, I'm going to put you there in that chair by my spirit to write these books to your wife has got to ask you to leave the office so that she can put that good smelling stuff back on that chair because it smells so bad. You've been there so long. Are you all listening to me? My wife had to say, get out this office. It stinks. You've been in here 10 hours. You know how many words I write a minute? I probably write about five words a minute. You want to know how many I misspell? Eight. <laughs> I write five words a minute. I misspell eight of them. I'm being honest with you. Even to this day, those who have had me as a professor will laugh because all of a sudden I'll, I'll go to you know, a scripture or something I can't remember and it will be like sovereignty and I'll try to type it out and you will hear me go to the place of like a three-year-old. Sovereignty. 
Sovereign S, and I'm in the middle of a class that I'm teaching, S, and you will see me misspell it. And God is my witness. Those in the class that can speak three languages on top of English will then spell it right in the chat for me. Here you go, Pastor. I'm, and so when I tell you I don't speak multiple languages, I struggle at the one. I'm not trying to be humble. I'm being honest with you. Most of you are better than me at this. But God gave me discipleship materials in my heart so that I would stay up all night. Like I said, sometimes 10, 12 hours just writing it out. Delete, write it out. Delete, write it out. To where I would become confident that if God was telling me to do it, I could do it. And now today you see those things in place. What are your small beginnings? What is your small family? What is your small bank account? And even for some of you who have already been successful this year, like I said, there's a lot of people doing great this year. This might be small compared to where you're going. Amazon was doing great as it was selling books, but that was small compared to where it was going. Come on, somebody. So some of you might have had a great year, but you are small to where you are going. Don't despise those small days. Vinny, would you come, please? We have so many things in this church to do this year, but I want to do it with people that have a passion and a desire. You remember when I just talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, the screen printing and things? I'm talking to other screen printers right now, so if you know them, we want to get some mentorship from them because we just don't want to buy a bunch of equipment and not know what we're doing. If you know people that are doing drop shipping or Amazon, come talk to me or if you're doing it. And if you're in this church and you have resources to share, let people know in that prayer request you put up this week. Say, hey, I'm praying, you know, for God to bless me in my accounting business. And if anyone needs help with accounting, if this is your desire, let me know. I can point you in the right direction. Please, if you have anything to share, let us know. I think about all the resources that are sitting in this church right now. We can change the world, people. I've seen God change the world. He's got more he wants to do. Help us, Lord. I feel that so many in this church are dealing with the, the ridicule of others. As I just, I'm just being led of the Lord right now. We're going to pray. Some of you are dealing with what others think about you. Don't let them stop you. Listen, I beg you, don't let them stop you. Man, I'll... Jesus, help me out because I'll start crying. It probably won't stop. We were about six months old as a church. You know many of the churches I went and spoke to. I'm looking right at you today, my brother. And I want to encourage you. Some of you know them as well, but I went to churches that had reasonable-sized congregations. Not too big. I went to some big ones, but reasonable size. And I began to tell them my vision. And I will call them up on the phone right now because I still have many of their numbers, especially one particular today, my brother. I'll call him up right now, and he will tell you I told him this exact thing. I said, man, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't have a lot of people. My wife's working at the bank. I'm trying to get odd and in jobs, but I got to dedicate to the church. Can I just come under you? Can I just, I will come under you you keep me, here's the only, this is the only thing that I ask. You can keep me as long as you want serving you. I just ask when it's time, you let me plant a church. So you know in your heart, this brother is coming to plant a church. Because I don't want to be divisive. Like, I know I have to plant a church. But I will have a Sunday night service and do all these things. But I will serve here at your church on Sundays. I will come Wednesdays. I will do everything it takes. One of them in particular, 
God bless him. He's the only one that said I could do anything. He said, why don't you come be Jesus in my play? Seriously, it was a church of almost all Latinos, and he said, grow out your beard and come be Jesus. So here, a church of all Latinos, they pick out a gringo and make me, you know, wear a wig and grow out my beard to be white Jesus for them. I'm t- and I was a lot skinnier then, too. But I'll tell you the truth. I said, I'll do it. I'll go be white Jesus for you all. You know, maybe give me contacts. No, I'm kidding. But I just remember at one point, the pastor, he was so particular about how I wanted to look. Probably you know who I'm talking about. He was so particular that one point he grabbed his wife's mascara and started filling in my beard and I'm like I never thought I would ever see the position of you being this close with this look in your face and a mascara thing I never thought I would see us in this moment right now but I remember going to a vineyard church this pastor is long gone and I told him the same thing so God bless that pastor at least he he let me be Jesus in a play gave me something to do this pastor across the table from me listen said, you probably should just shut it down. You're probably not called to be a pastor. Because all he knew at that point was my mistakes and failures. This guy graduated Bible college, started pastoring in his early 20s in New Orleans, didn't really work out that well, had to merge it with another church, came to be a youth pastor in Chicago. That didn't work out too well, so he started a church, you know. And so this church now is not working out too well. But all of this time, because I want everybody to understand, I don't support rebellion and I don't support people out of integrity. I was always under covering and in good integrity. So I never had a bad reputation in that way. But this man told me to quit. Where would you be today, Josh, if I would have quit? Come on, man. Where would you gentlemen, you young men, where would you be today? All those who have gotten saved today, I think maybe God would have used somebody else, but Lauren, where would you be today? Would you still be smoking a pack of cigarettes with your lip liner on, hanging out with the the Boricuas, uh, you know, come on. <laughs> the wannabe Puerto Rican gangsta over here. <laughs> I think, her, what was your nickname? Ghetto Bird? What was your nickname? That was my nickname for you? <laughs> I used to call her a bunch of nicknames when I first met her. It was funny. The whitest gangsta you ever meet. This side of the suburbs. No, but she came from the city. <sighs> Man, some of you all discouraged. I can feel it in my heart because the Lord wants me to pray for you because people are talking to you like that. And there's, and there's nothing I can even do in this service to convince you. I know it's encouraging, but you have to know how to go in prayer. Because that day, I called up my mentor, and he encouraged me. I called up my parents and other Christians. They encouraged me, and I thank God for them. But I still had to know just to get alone with God, and God, take away the doubt. Take away the fear. Can I pray for you one more time in closing? I've gone so late, but I'm going to keep my word. For your sake, I'm just going to stand up here and pray with anybody who needs prayer. And then some sisters come around if there's somebody or brothers as well, if you all need more prayer. But if you all just want to come up, shake my hand, say hi, I'll be right here. Because normally I get ready for the second service. But I'm going to do this today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're here by faith in the middle of a nation going through inflation, in a time where there's sickness and disease everywhere political upheaval, social anxiety. Oh God, I pray for you to bless our church. Do it because you don't rely upon anything else but your spirit. Show yourself faithful as we desire to be fruitful. Bless our marriages, bless our homes, bless our families in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can we stand up and give it up for the Lord? Band and altar workers, would you come? We're going to dismiss with singing songs.
If you don't see me next week because I got COVID, just know I say right now it was worth it, okay? Because <laughs> I haven't got it yet, but I'll be right up here if anybody wants to.